Welcome to the Good Rookie Show. My name is Faye. And my name is Nellie J. And we are Good Rookie. That's right. I have my voice box. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's the Good Rookie Show. Yep, yep. Yo, yo. Fahim, you know how we do. I was bringing you the hottest topics in sports and culture. And this week, ain't nothing different. Doing the same thing. But Fahim, I got to start with this, man. We got to start with this. Biggest news right now. Chet, chat, chat, chat. Mm. My man got injured. And now he's out for an entire rookie season. What a great disappointment. I was excited, Fahim, myself, to see him play. Um, he had a really good summer league, right? Came out, um, played, was playing against LeBron in a pro-am uh, type game. And on the defensive end, he just kind of had a little slip up. And it happens, guys. Like, if you hooped, getting injuries is a part of the game. But Fahim, how disappointed are you to know that Chet Holcomb is not going to be playing? Very disappointed to know that he's not playing. Um, but just a disclaimer, I can't say that. I was the um, biggest fan of Chet coming in. Really? Uh, I would more say I'm more disappointed just because of the fact that I wanted to see if he was billed as advertised. So now I guess we're just going to have to wait another year to see if he is as, he, not so, so much he claims, but maybe the media is kind of claiming him to be. Um, I do. So I'm crying. So, so, so what you're saying is that for Chet Holmgren, um, is it Holmgren? I'm saying his name wrong. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay, yeah, but Holmgren, you know me. Right. I know it's before I know time. My bad. I know. You're good, but, you're good. Um, my, my, so, you're, so you're saying you're just sad that you can't um, pro be, be, be proven right or wrong, essentially. <laughs> um, that's that's <laughs> a concern. Okay. Just want to put it out there, y'all. His issue is not watching him play, is that he can't be proven wrong or right. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, people had doubts for the size, his weight. Mm. Um, you've seen big men get drafted, <clears throat> Wiseman and not even play a whole season yet. So do you think Chet's going to have a similar career where he's out for the first year? Is he going to be out? Like, do you think he's going to be like a Wiseman, like just being getting injured and not playing after two, three years? What, what's your thoughts, do you think, on his actual NBA career? So just the fact that this happened on the offseason, <laughs> uh, mind you, it, it's – so this is nothing new. I mean, it's happened with um, lottery picks before, like uh, Blake Griffin is out for his rookie year. Um, drawing, drawing a blank. There's got to be a few of these that yeah. during the rookie year um, had to sit out during the rookie year. Oh, um, Ben Simmons. I'm pretty sure he had to. Mm -hmm. um, Embiid. I'm pretty sure he yeah, had. Embiid got injured. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, you have players. It, it's you know that for whatever reason out the rookie year. I think with Chet, only difference is uh, for me. For the others that were out the rookie year, they came in and I was kind of, I had expectations of them and I was more, more believing that they were. Mm. Chad already has a question mark already. So now when you have the question mark and you're out, it just kind of compounds the situation. Um, happened on a free accident. Did you, you've seen it, right? It's pretty much, he's just coming back yeah, on defense. He just, he just fell, he just fell on the wrong, like, you know, when you fall, like, especially going up, jumping, like... Every time you jump up, you can injure yourself, guys. This, this mm -hmm. is something, especially in a in a game like this. Um, yeah, it's a freak accident. It happens. Um, but 
but do you, again, this is a program, you know, thing. They're not getting paid to play. You, we've seen, I think, I haven't seen so many NBA players playing on a program this summer. Like, there's so many program tournaments. Yeah. It's been like a rise of program. Like, mm -hmm. that's a crazy. new trend. And Definite. It's something that, you know, and we're seeing NBA players hosting program games and tournaments and stuff like that. Um, what's your thoughts? The fact that this happened, and I mean, uh, big up to a few people um, that mentioned this today on Clubhouse. Do you think that this might affect pro ams in the future? I think so. I do think so. The names that we mentioned before, uh, you know, the Embiid's and Ben Simmons and Blake Griffin's, their injuries coming in um, weren't as a result of playing in summer leagues. You know, like uh, like like the pro am. So the pro ams are just on a rise. I've just noticed maybe like maybe the last year or two, where even for instance here in Toronto, you had Malachi Flynn, you had Scotty Barnes showing up. These like pro ams are actually the new cool trend. LeBron, and it also helps that LeBron came back this year also, and he did the Drew League. Like it seemed like this off season more than any is, uh, and also another thing that's going to weigh into this is also social media and how social media plays into this also um, with these players. So, Chet, this happening, Chet. I think now these pro ams are all league sanctioned, right? Which is a good thing. Um, you know, they get injured, I guess they're covered through the insurance, et cetera, because it's not like they're playing on some pickup, like this is a league sanctioned, um, pro-am. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're a GM or an owner and you have your high draft pick, I bet you after this, he's going to be a case study for, uh, for, you know, where they say, Hey, you know what, look what happened to Chet. And they might be very questionable, um, allowing pro players. in. what do you think? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I think players like you're an NBA athlete first right so I just think that if you're going to play in these type of games you have to be mindful of not playing too hard you know what I'm saying like not not overexerting yourself uh, my question is I don't know this is how many games has Chet played in a program has he been playing all the time like like we don't know because this he got injured here but has he been playing in games before this right and I believe he was playing in quite a few. Right, so he, yeah. I, I just think that there needs to be a limit on just how many programs they can compete in, depending on maybe rookies versus veterans. So that's like LeBron, the guys who've been there, I think they're smart enough to understand when to, like they have, they, they, they master their craft, right? I think rookies maybe need to be limited as to what they're doing. Because remember, I'm drafting you. I'm investing in you for the first time. Your industry be like, bro, let's kind of, like, you know what I'm saying? So I think I think after this, a lot of rookies may not play as much. And probably, I can see agents saying, bro, we can't afford you to miss a whole year. Or you know what I'm saying? So I think we're going to see some changes. I'm not sure if it's um, going to be that drastic. But I just think that agents are now going to be mindful of their players in these, in these tournaments. But all, in all fairness, though, uh, you know, this type of injury that happened to Chet, it could have happened at Pro-Am. It could have happened while he was training, uh, while he's playing. Pick up, it's like, true. it was really a, just a routine basketball play where he jumped up on a Agreed. defensive end, came Agreed. down and landed. He does that thousands of times. Thousands. So, you know, last, it just... Last decade. No, you're right. Right. So, so we really have right, to factor right. in, is there anything in particular that happened at the Pro-Am that wasn't happening elsewhere? I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's just simply a strict, just a basketball move and unfortunate yeah. timing, right? Agreed. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you there. I do think that... So, Chet, he's... 
uh, one of the, I, I'm seeing he was top three most lean players in modern NBA history. Uh, his teammate is that uh, even a a a, a, a you want to be on? Yeah, be, most lean? is that? Well, like who, who does who does the test? They got they got the, the body fat to muscle. Like how right, do you and the good thing you mentioned that because it's uh the BMI, the body mass yeah. index. His is nineteen point four, which oh, is the this third. Is the actual, oh, someone actually measures this stuff. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, whoever, yeah. Hey, so, whoever, whoever whoever measures this stuff, good for you, brother. Because I'm like people actually people actually measure this. Okay. Yeah. So he's at nineteen point four, which is the third lowest amongst any current players, and um, he's just uh, a shade. I think it was point three. No, so Manu Bull, um, back in the eighties, he was seven foot seven, um, but he had a lower BMI. He was at seventeen point zero. Chet at nineteen point four. Keep in mind, Chet is also seven inches shorter, but it's pretty uh, equivalent to much like the Manu Bull. And I think that something like that is what I kind of weigh in regards to. I'm not gonna lie, his his longevity with the NBA. Yeah, his longevity and. I'm not even saying that he shouldn't be doing the pro-am circuit, but just the question marks. That's one of the question marks for you. A lot of guys come in the league slender, and there's nothing Yo, wrong with that. He's like, listen, if you're a slim thing, just stay home now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of players, KD came in, not not wiry thin, but he was thin. You know, a lot of players yeah. start thin as a pro. But it depends on like, train. but it depends on like how they build muscle too. Because some people right. just naturally thin. Like KD was right. thin, but he was such, like he was so strong. Mm -hmm. Like right. He had strength behind, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't right. just, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting you said that. Y'all, first of all, I feel like I'm invading Chet's privacy. <laughs> the fact that we know his BMI, <laughs> listen, y'all, don't ever ask for my BMI. I mean, I tell Una that, okay? Nalijay's BMI will not be shared publicly. So, Chet, I'm so sorry we're talking about your BMI. Nothing personal, bro. I, I, I feel like we're invading his privacy. Like, <laughs> Chet's BMI is 19 point what? Anyway, no, but you're right. Like, um, I do think, you know, you rarely see seven, three taller guys have mm -hmm. a long, long, long career in the NBA that's that right. small. And that's the concern. So I'm just hoping that, you know, and again, he is young, right? Like we've seen guys, I've seen guys that age just gain weight. You know what I mean? Like sometimes the metabolism, your body's changing. He's still growing. To, well, probably not growing, but he's still growing too. Like he's still a young, a young kid. So mm -hmm. yeah, I really hope, and I'm sure what once he can make money, like Kevin Durant made money, you can get doctors to help you build that mass because it is kind of reprogramming your muscles to build muscle mass. And that takes a lot of money to learn how to do that. So let's see mm -hmm. if, if, if Chet can do it. I mean, it's crazy. We have Luca and, 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 and other players who get, you know, who like to, who, who gain weight easily. And there's Chet who just don't gain Zion. weight. Zion. Yeah, Zion. Oh man, I'm trying not to say his name. But, you know, so it, it, listen, the body, like you're, you're an athlete, you're, you're paid to play a physical sport. So your body matters, your body type matters. And I think, yeah. you know, I'm curious to know after this, if, if, if teams are still, I know, I know it's a, it's a tall man game, but I'm curious to know if teams are going to now say, Hmm, do we want someone? Yes, you're seven foot, but the way your body's structured, you know, based on the science or the history of those type of athletes, we're not going to draft you. Like, I'm wondering if this is now going to be one point against the, the the, I'll call them the uh, slim things of the NBA. I wonder, right? <laughs> That's for assumption. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. What you got next for me, now, J? So let's talk about man. 
So listen, man, y'all. So everyone knows, yes, everyone knows uh, the biggest news out of Brooklyn, right? Kevin Durant stays. And for him, we had a, a long chat about Kevin Durant, like a whole debate about Kevin Durant, right? And, you know, it's just like, bro, like, just stay. Just stay. Like, where are you going to go, Kevin? Where are you going to mm-hmm. go? You know what I'm saying? Uh, your contract's too big, it's too massive, is what it is. But uh, quite a few NBA players, once the decision was made, they were like, thank God. So let's quote a few of them. All right. Pat Bev tweeted out, um, you can sit and don't say nothing, but that but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't got a job because of this Katie shit. Mm-hmm. And two, and to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing gang. That's from Pat Beverly. Also another player that had a comment. Um, oh, at, so Kevin Durant responded. He quoted his tweet, and Kevin Durant responded to uh, Pat Bev, hashtag blame KD. Um, the other person that tweeted out uh, was uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. He said, finally, LOL, can we sign now? LOL. Isaiah Thomas, who's trying to sign you? I'm, I'm, I mean, no, no this, but, like, our, our teams, like, I'm, Fahim, what's your thoughts? Do you really think Pat Bev and Isaiah Thomas has a case here? Did Kevin Durant really hold up the market? The Kevin Durant decision, the his this like first of all, was it his decision? Because I mean, teams weren't biting. So, do you think Kevin Durant really held up the market as to why Pat Bev and Isaiah Thomas and other mid players uh, did it haven't been signed yet? Your thoughts on that? Hundred percent. I think he held it up just because the fact that he's the biggest piece, and a lot of teams are gonna you know imagine let's say KD does go somewhere, anywhere, he goes. Um, Something comes in return, and then everyone else is scrambling to see, okay, well, if this guy's moved here, then we can get this guy's available. So he's the biggest piece. So I, I do side with Isaiah Thomas. Um, in And who's the second one, Isaiah Thomas? And who's the second Pat one? Pat Beverly. Pat Beverly, who ironically. Oh, actually, and it's funny because now after this whole KD situation, Pat Bev found a new home. Uh, playing with Russ and LeBron in, in the Lakers. So I, I definitely think that KD, him holding it up, uh, makes a, a big difference to everyone else. Um, I, I do think it's kind of, it's really unnecessary. And, I, you know, I'm a big Kate, like Katie's my guy. I, I like, very disappointed in regards to how he's been moving in this situation. I try to find myself to see, okay, let me give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't see it. I don't see how you're going to for maybe two months, like, and it'd be one thing if there's the media, because you know me, uh, and we mention this all the time. I'm very much to say, oh, you know what? Rumors, um, maybe he didn't say it, that stuff. But if you're engaging along the way with this, you're just as much to blame. And this has been going on for two months. My thing mm-hmm. is, if for two months, if you are dangling over Brooklyn's head, hey, you know what? I might move. I want to move. I'm going to management. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, less bark and more bite. You know, just be about it. And uh, he's back in Brooklyn. Best of luck to him. And I hope uh, he, he's happy in whatever decision he's made. But that decision is most definitely affecting other people who are maybe don't have that luxury to sit around and decide what they want to do. Because some players, if they're not going to play in the league, have to go and play overseas, et cetera. Right? So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely get what you're saying. I I really think that those guys just aren't good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be honest, like, I don't really think that Brooklyn... Okay, first of all, I don't think he held up the league. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Pat Bev and 
and um, what's his face? Um, Isaiah, Thomas. Isaiah Thomas got mad because at the end of the day, um, Kevin Durant had nothing to do with the Laker deal. Kyrie already said he was going to stay with the, with Brooklyn. That was made from before. We all mm. so that Brooklyn uh, Laker deal was dead. They maybe could have done a, di a different deal though. You never know. No, no, no. I know, but I'm saying, no, but, okay. but Kyrie decided to stay though. Right, mm -hmm. it's different if Kyrie was like still wishy washy. You no, know, Kyrie said, I'm going to stay and make it work in Brooklyn. Okay. Kyrie said that a few weeks ago, yeah. right? So that means that Kyrie wasn't open to going to the Lakers as of yet. And then mm -hmm. we all know that Westbrook and LeBron said they're going to figure it out, right? Or mm -hmm. whatever, whatever. I don't know what's happening because I think I heard something today that they may not, I don't know. So <laughs> and then the Lakers is a whole like soap opera, YNR and NBA version, right? So at the end of the day, my thing is that, um, Kevin Durant wasn't going to the Lakers, or was he trying to go there? So how can Kevin Durant's decision affect Pat Bev and other teams? Even Isaiah Thomas, like I Isaiah, like what teams are looking to talk to you, right? So I, I, I do think, though, that Kevin Durant was a, was a big distraction. I would say that, a distraction. But there's been deals going back and forth with, with Donovan Mitchell and other guys. Rudy, Go Rudy Gobert got traded. So trades have been happening. So my thing is that, Kevin Durant didn't, didn't really hold up the lead. I just think that these guys, ha, ha, um, they weren't being moved, and they're looking for a scapegoat. And I do, I, I'm on KD's side here. Hashtag blame KD, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, 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 I really don't think every team was looking to get KD. So if, if let's say, five teams wanted him, right? We know it was Memphis was interested. They say Toronto. Okay, I'll put Toronto in there. They say uh, Boston. I'll put Boston in there. Those three teams were looking for no Pat Bev and Isaiah Thomas. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I think their anger is displaced. That's all. And okay, they so wanted to be, you know, to get some retweets. But is it displaced anger because Boston don't need you, Isaiah Thomas. They don't need Pat Bev. Like, those three teams that we know that were, that he was interested, even Phoenix, those teams were not picking up uh, Pat Bev or Isaiah Thomas. So, you know I, so I agree, I agree with everything you're saying. Only thing is, see, when you mentioned about Katie and the Lakers, um, you're right. Uh, Lakers, um, without Kyrie in play, that deal, straight line, maybe doesn't make sense. But uh, you know how with a trade, you can have a three-way deal, meaning Katie not, doesn't necessarily have to go to the Lakers uh, mm -hmm. to affect what's happening to the Lakers. You can go elsewhere, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so like a deal within, you know. Yeah, like mm -hmm. there could be a deal that's happening with another team, and with that other team might have something to do with affecting getting to Lakers. You know, like, you know how three-way deals work, right? So, I yeah. mean, that's the possibility. And I'm not saying it would have happened, mm -hmm. but um, when you say they're not good enough, maybe Isaiah Thomas, I guess, but Pat Bev, you're right. Pat Bev maybe is not a at all the players in the NBA, what level do you get Pat Bev? Well, he's not A-list. Okay. Um, he's not B either. Would you say <laughs> he's tier, he's tier 10? Well, listen, B for Beverly, man. What do you but, mean? But, but B? No, no, no. Like A-list are superstars. B right, are right, like... Right. But again, to your point, I think Pat Bev is impactful. Uh, he mm. brings energy. I think he gave Minnesota an edge um, mm. that they never had before. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to see how they're going to perform with Rudy Gobert. His personality type is Capra. I'm th That's a whole experiment right there. But yeah, like I think Pat Bev is impactful. But I mean, he's still he's still he's still not like he's mid. Like he's not he's not okay. someone. That's someone that will come to your team and move the needle, right? Like I think right. I think Kuja Tucker moves the needle for a team because he's like. At, he's more impactful to me than Pat Beverly. You know what I'm saying? Like I, mm -hmm. I just think that Pat Beverly again 
you know, play better. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you play better, teams will actually want to trade trade for you and mm-hmm. not rely on Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Like, don't. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's not Kevin Durant's fault that you're mid. That's all. Okay, so, um, so if, if Pat Bev is live mid, how does he fit into his Lakers squad? Real quick. So he'd be off the bench, and I think he's going to give mm-hmm. them actual defense. I don't think they have any six men really. No, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he does. Do you think he's going to start? Well, I don't know. Who's their starting point guard now? Uh, Westbrook. Yes. Now, who's the two guard now? Just asking. Uh, two guard is hold up. Uh, okay, while you're looking at, I was, I was. Here's what I was actually thinking. In the meanwhile, um, maybe you move Westbrook to a two guard and you start no, Pat Bev. No, that's shoot. not about. But right. like he's he's not right. a catch and shoot guy. Westbrook yeah. had usage guys like Westbrook needs to have the ball in their hands. Right? You can't. Mm. That that's where he's most impactful. Right. He's not a catch and shoot. And mm. honestly, like having Westbrook and Pat on the same court at the same time, mm. like to me, another experiment. I'm like, can they even like play together? Like they're both yeah. pretty like, you know, hogs. Mm-hmm. Like I saw Pat Bev hog the ball in Minnesota. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, give it to give it to give it to the um our boy. You know what I'm saying? Like But the thing uh, with Pat yeah, Bev right, is Pat Bev doesn't require to shoot like get shots. I know, up, you know? but if you saw him in Minnesota, Fahim, he hogged the ball. I saw him hogging balls in playoff games. When he shouldn't have. You're not a perennial star. You know what I'm saying? Like Pat Bev forgets his lane. That's my issue with Pat Bev. Because remember, you don't think that playing LeBron would maybe change that? Well, um, I I mean, I mean, playing with Kawhi didn't change it. With PG 13 didn't change it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. With Carl Anthony Towns didn't change it. Like I don't know. And then the day, like again, we're gonna see maybe because maybe now maybe him playing with LeBron. I I just think that. um, So right now I'm looking at it. Their shooting guard is Austin Reeves. He is. And right now they actually, and, and right now they have um, Patrick Bev. This is mm. what they have a depth chart. He's like, right. he's like literally behind Lonnie Walker. Like he's behind that. Right. Uh, so so so, so I, I, um, I think Pat Bev leapfrogs both those guys. Well, well, I mean, again, that's why you know the apparently Pat Bev has been. So I heard this yesterday. Uh, mm. Big up to my boy. I won't say his name, but he knows who he is. He actually was mentioning in Clubhouse. Um, that he he knew Pat Bev was going to go to Lakers from time because they've been training with Russell, Russell Westbrook for like the, the past couple of months. He's been in LA. I did not know that. So apparently, if you knew, you knew. Um, so this was always in the work. That's why, um, again, Pat Bev, you knew you were going to go to Lakers. So why are you blaming Kevin Durant? Like, it's just like Pat Bev just wanted to say something on Instagram, sorry, on Twitter and get some tweets and be, and be involved. Because uh, I, I, I do think Pat Bev wants to make that media money, so I get it. He's making he's planting the seed to be an annoying commenter um, as he retires. But um, yeah, like at the end of the day, like Pat Bev, to me, the issue with the Lakers that I saw was their second unit. Um, they did okay, but they didn't have any defense. Defense, right? So, and this team again, Russell Westbrook with Pat Bev. When we saw Pat Bev playing with. Um, Who's my kid? Who's that kid from? Why is my brain bothering? What team? Last year, he was playing with um. I love that young dude too from Minnesota. Uh, he was second to uh Lamelo and Rookie of the Year. I'm talking about man in Minnesota. Oh, Anthony Edwards. Amy. Anthony Edwards. I'm right. like, what the hell? Yeah, with Anthony Edwards, Pat Bev did respect the ball and gave it to Anthony Edwards. But when Anthony Edwards was on the bench, Pat Bev was like, yes, this is my like. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just think Pat Bev sometimes doesn't play smart basketball. Sometimes. Right. He's great on the defensive end, but offensively, he's not. So my thing is that Pat Bev going to Lakers aren't going to change anything. I think they will have better defense. 
and maybe he will he will give them more of an edge because I think Minnesota they were soft like I mean they weren't like I think Anthony Edwards but Pat Bev their energy because you know Anthony Edwards has that like Georgia like he he don't play and mm-hmm. his confidence is amazing you know how how he he for the nobody you know what I'm saying so I think his edge with Pat Bev create a great marriage in the locker room and they were very confident last year so I think Pat Bev can add that extra edge that the Lakers did not have like they didn't have any bad boys last year it was all like you know what I mean Westbrook was getting made fun of Pat Bev there I think would protect Westbrook and kind of be that that guy for them so I mean honestly does it move the needle for me for the Lakers no it doesn't but Mm -hmm. Lakers will be I mean what's going to matter with the Lakers is can LeBron and Westbrook um can they stay healthy Right? Can Anthony, can they can this team stay healthy? If they're healthy, they're a threat. If they're not healthy, they're not a threat. Right. And I think Lakers' own enemy is health, <laughs> health and effort. Because <laughs> last year I felt right. defensively like when they played hard for him, they were really good. I'm like, oh, but then some like against. I remember this game against the Warriors. Their home game against the Warriors, they had one of their best games as a team, just because they wanted to win that game. The game against us in Toronto. I'm like, oh, they're balling out tonight, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I blame Drake for that loss. Yeah, Drake, I blame you because I don't know what kind of thing you had in Toronto for them. But anyway, my thing is that they had their best game. So at the end yeah. of the day, I, I just think that's the thing. Like, they're just not consistent. You know what I mean? But if you are saying that it's health and effort, I think then maybe the Lakers did make a good pickup on the offseason because that's two things that Pat Bev checks out on. True. He's an Iron Man. He plays a lot of games. Has the health, <laughs> and you know the effort's always there, also. Yeah. So we'll see how it pans yeah. out. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. Mm. All right. So Nelly J, you want to go for the culture? Yes, y'all. Ha ha ha. For the culture, we like to highlight individuals for the culture, and today we get to highlight someone making history in the NWSL. That's the National Women's Soccer League founded back in 2012 and so um gotham fc they appointed hugh menzies as an interim coach for the remainder of the season and he's actually um the first black male coach ever um in the league uh the first one was actually um actually the, the first black head coach um that was from external hire my bad so he's the okay. first black head coach from external hire uh the first black coach ever was orlando seb hines who took over for Amanda Cromwell um, uh, back in the day. So this is pretty interesting for him. So, you know, we talk about, you know, black, getting black coaches in basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Getting coaches in football. We really talk about, you know, coaches in soccer, right? I mean, you know, soccer is the number one sport in the world. Um, we're seeing now that, we're, you know, we're seeing black head coaches in soccer, which is not really common, right? If you look at, I mean, on national teams, yes, because they're, they're the country, but even some black countries, some black nations don't have black head coaches. So I just want to big up, um, you know, uh, the, the head coach there, um, you know, Hugh Menzies being an external hire, getting into the league, which rarely happens, mm-hmm. but also making history. Um, you know, the, the women's soccer, that, that league is getting bigger and bigger every year. So just what's your thoughts on this hire and do you think that we are going to see some more black head coaches in the world of soccer, whether it's women's or men's? I do think it's, uh, first of all, yeah, shout out to Humanities for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Gotham FC. So I think the location of it is kind of ironic. Uh, they, are, they play in New Jersey, New York. That's a team for the New York uh, area. 
So I think it's a good look um, to have a black um, head coach in the New York area. Um, them, they're I'm one of the, I guess they've one of the more foundational teams. They've been around since 2013, right? So to answer your question, if I do th think there'll be more, I don't see why there wouldn't be uh, more representation. Uh, there's 12 teams in the NWSL right now. And, uh, you know, they have ownership. I know, um, the, I have to fact check this, but Angel FC, Angel City FC, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the one that remember Serena's. Olympus. Yeah, is it Olympus? I forgot. I think it's Olympus. Right. Olympus. So Serena's but yeah, daughter. Her daughter. Right. And yeah, she owns one of the teams. Yes. Or right. a part so owner. Sorry. Part owner. Right. 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 So it goes, you know, it's great to see that there's some forward thinking in the league um, on the sidelines. Um, I'll be honest, though, I'm, I'm not an avid, an avid, avid follower of the NWSL. Um, I've watched a few games. Great mm -hmm. brand of soccer, most definitely. Um, but in regards to representation, it's always great to see um, that type of representation. What I do, actually, I should actually look this up also, but I've been interested to see, um, it's one thing to have a black male coach, but I'm wondering um, in regards to representation for, it's a women's league. What I often mm -hmm. do find in women's leagues is it's women's leagues being coached by men. Like for instance, the WNBA has that same problem also where they're just right now starting to get more women coaches. Mm -hmm. um, but the representation of what's happening on the field and what's happening on the court doesn't seem to be happening on the sideline. So I just been interested uh, to look up and see, um, you know, how many, forget black male coaches, but just how many, how many women coaches they have in this league? I'll look that up while uh, you land with your point. Go ahead, Nelly J. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely think that it, you mentioned that because I don't think it's not, I mean, keep in mind, you know, men have, you know, the, the sports, women's sports have been around for a long time, but men have been the driver of women's sports. So we'll forget that, mm -hmm. right? That men have driven uh, women's sports. You may not want to mm -hmm. hear it, but it's true. Like they yeah. helped, like it was, the, men have helped women's sports so much in terms of helping it get started, helping it get funded and all that stuff. Women, because they had the knowledge, they had the background, they had, you know, a head start, right? So even tennis players, most female tennis players, coaches are men. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I just think that, you know, it's just, you know, how many women do we know is pursuing a coaching career in basketball? And when they are in basketball, do they stay in that industry? Do they, can they get jobs? Is it, you know what I'm saying? So again, I just think like the women's game, that's going to grow over time. Um, and I think that that's fair. We can't expect a league with all women coaches, especially now in 2022, maybe in 20 years, yes. Because I think women are now pursuing sports careers and that's different. But back in the day, I mean, I don't know about you, but most of your aunties were nurses or teachers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like most people were nurses, teachers, docs. Like they weren't, I mean, if, if you were a person of color, you're going after jobs that would pay, guarantee a paycheck. You know, like that's what your, our parents did. Our, you know what I'm saying? And so I just think now, you know, we're in a, a new world of women can pursue the so-called more masculine leadership jobs. That's why there's still a lot of CEOs that are men, not women. Or vice versa. I think that's the same directive. So yes, I do hope that we do get a lot more women coaching in sports mm -hmm. and women attacking or, or being in sports. Because I think if a man can coach boy or girl, I think a girl can coach boy or girl. So to me, right. that, and I think we'll move to that 
when the world is ready. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm, right. it, it takes one Don Staley, and I think someone like Don Staley, I think can coach a men's game. I, I think Don Staley can coach men or women, both. Like like, like certain certain women, you know, can coach either or, right? Like it don't matter. They're, they're basketball heads, they're basketball minds, right? So I just think that it takes one of those, a Don Staley type coach, to coach a woman's, uh, co- and again, I know, I know some people, big up to Lakita, she's coached a, a college, um, I mean, men's team before. So it has happened. It just isn't as common. So on the mm-hmm. national level, we're going to see it. But I, I just think that, you know, right now we're trying to break the color barrier of coaching. It still mm-hmm. hasn't been broken. I mean, it's broken, but it's still an issue. And now woman is getting involved as well. <laughs> so right. it's like there's two, there's two sh- uh, shores battling to get into a predominantly white male position, right? Exactly. So it's going right. to happen, but yeah, you're right. There isn't that many, but mm-hmm. there's, but there's more and more now, especially in basketball. We see a lot of great women coaches in basketball coming up too. So, so you throw out Don Staley and shout out to John Don Staley, legend. Legend. But, yeah. um, what level are you saying you think she was coaching? That was that was an interesting point you just brought there. I think Don Staley can coach any level of basketball. No, because like I said. Shout out but, to Don Staley, but, 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 but in regards but to the makes, NBA, I mean, she, and you, she makes more money coaching in college though than the WNBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so at the end of the day, like, what she's making in college is more than what she would make in the WNBA. I think mm. WNBA gave her. Listen, um, Becky Becky is 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 making a lot of money. Her check is massive. So if Don Staley can get a check like that, mm. you know, I'm sure she would transition. Right. Keep in mm. mind, Don was all. You know what I mean? So. so I think mm-hmm. Don was also in the running for uh, the Portland job, but Chauncey, wasn't that her too? I'm not sure it was Don or someone else. I forgot which coaches were involved. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like, she's someone, I think, like, because even it, it, I think she's someone that male athletes, because of her career, what she's done it, um, as a coach, respect. I can't see. Yeah, she has the respect there. Got you. And I, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that I, I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, you're a male perspective. Do you think male, I mean, you more more than I will, but do you think male male uh, professional athletes would respect her as a coach? Or do you think they'd be like, nah, I, I want a, I want a man coaching me. I don't, I, like, like, I think her reputation kind of gives her that edge. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but because when Becky coached the Spurs, they said the, the players loved her, respected her, right? So I, I think, that, I think you have to, have, I think in the NBA to get to that level, you have to have reputation behind you. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think Dawn, Becky, those are the ladies that I think have reputation. Other male athletes respect them; they admire them. I think they can manage a locker room. That's all. So if we keep, if we're being real, you're right. The respect is there, but um, Becky Hammond, as much as she's a success story, she was never a, a head coach. Oh yeah, I NBA, know. Right? Yeah, for sure. No, no, I yeah. know you know this, but I'm just saying, like, um, once you get to the head coaching position, that's the, the I think that's another level. Um, mm. and I think there's, there's a log jam of people, um, like, oh, yeah. uh, ex players, like one that comes to mind is Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell has been kicking around the league. You see him on many different benches. Um, I don't know if he's getting interviews, but I mean, he's somebody who's in, in the NBA itself, very mm. well respected. This doesn't got to crack at a head coaching job. Uh, we can go through a long list of black coaches I, who have, I, I get that, but the Sam Cassell yeah. have a history of winning multiple like national championship in the college level, right? Like mm. to me, like Sam Cassell, if I'm Sam Cassell, I'm going to try and get a head coaching job somewhere to mm. show people that I can win. You know what I'm mm. saying? To, to me, being assistant coach forever, like it's like, for example, Udoka, 
Udoka mm-hmm. got a job as Boston because in the interview, he, he was innovative. He probably told them, I did what he had for the team, what his game plan was. Like, you're, you are, you're, you're coaching yourself at, and saying, hey, I'm going to bring this XYZ. Here's my plan for your squad. Here's what I would run. Like, you have to go with a game plan as a success. Sam Cassell may be a good guy, but what is he, what is he proposing to these teams? You know what I'm saying? But to, it's not his fault. I'm just saying that we don't know if he's innovative, what, what is he doing? Like, because again, um, coaching is not just, hey, managing a player. You have to bring innovation and find ways to win. And I think Don Staley has shown, I can win. I can mm-hmm. win. Sam Cassell hasn't shown that yet. So mm-hmm. if I was Sam Cassell, and again, this is, I mean, guys, I'm a novice. I'm a, I'm a fan. What I'd recommend, based on my limited knowledge of coaching, is go coach a program. Run a basketball. Run a coaching program. Run a program, coach a men's, a boys' team, a women's team, coach someone, coach a group, and win. You do that to go, oh, Steph Cassell has years with the NBA, but now he went to this university, this college, and he's won. He's, mm. he's winning. So we know mm. that if he, we give him a team, he can win with that team. I don't think Sam has proven that yet. I don't, I don't, I don't think he has. That's all. Shout out to Sam Cassell in any yeah, event. Yeah. Um, back to what I was originally uh, saying about the lack of women coaching, or I want to see if there was. And I, yeah, I was correct. So of the 12 teams, mm-hmm. apparently there are three, three women coaches. So they're at the fast, like they're at the minority, right? So they're having this in the WN, uh, sorry, N, NWSL. National mm-hmm. Women's Soccer League, they're having the same as being a, a, a successful, like I said, this league's been around, t- well, 10 years has been around. Mm-hmm. So we have a league that's not going anywhere. It's growing because they keep expanding. They had yeah. 10 teams a few years ago, now they're at 12, so they're growing right direction, great trend. Um, but they're having the same problem as the okay. WNBA is having in other women in professional sports where, you know what, you have women playing, but not getting behind uh, and elevating to coaching. So that's something that's got to change. But it's great to see that um, we do have a black male representative in there also. Mm-hmm. And maybe he can open some doors and, and take it to an, a different uh, trajectory. So, no, I good. agree. And just to, you know, just to provide some extra numbers too, uh, the WNBA, half of the teams have women coaches. That's six out of 12. Half. Okay. That's not too bad. So that is... they're, they're trending in a, in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the NWSL has three. So hopefully, they, I mean, I mean, they've been around for 25 years, WNBA. So after 25 right. years, they're six. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> hopefully, I mean, it'll take some time. But again, like I said before, women are able to do that. And right. when one woman coach says, hey, I can win as a woman, other owners go, okay, now, you know what I'm saying? People have to see to believe it sometimes, which is so annoying as a woman. Yeah. like, really, y'all? But it's a business, so ladies, do your thing. But, you know, right now, definitely want to shout out, uh, you know, um, Hugh uh, M- M- Menzies for, right. you know, just making it, um, you know, being an external hire. Because uh, I do, not only do I, I want to see, um, just so you know, Menzies' background, right? He's actually won. Um, in 2018, coach, coach of the year um, when he helped Jamaica Women's National Team qualify for the 2019 Women's World Cup. Okay. So, so he, that's his, yeah. So he won the con, the, the what, C-O-N-C-A-C-A-F. Uh, he's won that, right? So, like, he, he has lots of years coaching. I think he's coached 35 years now. So, you know what I mean? This guy's a vet, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, and he's won... And just so you know, that was the country's first ever 
World Cup appearance under his uh, tutelage. So, yeah, there this guy go. is really cool. So all the Jamaica on them, yeah, this boy culture came back in 2019. Yeah, anyway, help them or help them get to the World Cup. So y'all mm-hmm. gotta thank Mr. Humanities for that. Yeah, here, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So Nelly, just close this out with. That's absurd. That's absurd, Fahim, bro. What was absurd this week? What was absurd? Andre Drummond, center for the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. was quoted as saying, quote, by the time I retire, I'll go down as the best rebounder ever, end quote. And in, in, in what? In what, basketball? Absurd. <laughs> yeah um hmm. like okay this, this is how i know the young cats didn't watch basketball back in the day you know what i'm saying <laughs> like honestly um like like again that's what i'm saying like i get it you play basketball because of the history of the game man like you can't be saying stuff and not like at least you know what i'm saying so this is just yeah on, I, I was dumbfounded just because of the fact that now don't get me wrong andre Draman is a very good rebounder yeah, he's good. Very no good. doubt about that at all. Is he great? But if he would have maybe change it to, hey, you know what? By the time I retire, I'll go down is even if he said one of the best. Or I one mean, of the top, maybe. One of the top, like you know. Better, yeah. But I, you know, I just I'm telling you, this social media is a hell of a drug, man. I don't know what's going on with people now, but it's just some outlandish stuff has been said. And I want to throw his numbers. So um real quick he had a span of from 2013 i'll go 2013 2020 and mind you these are monster numbers okay it's uh 13 rebounds so it goes 13 13 15 13 16 15 and 15 15 like he's pretty much averaging 15 boards no, over that span no but how much has he averaged um, in his career that's what i care about still okay so we're going career he's still at 13 boards or re- rebounds um and that's after his how career many years? how many years oh it's enough like uh we're talking almost almost a decade actually from 2000 yeah pretty much a decade so okay. 10 years 13 boards so i mean uh you know that's what i'm saying if he puts himself in the conversation as one of the you know i may say okay you know what why not elevate yourself a bit and you've you've earned it 13 boards right but you were, to, were i don't know anyone like dennis rodman like made his bread and butter off of rebounding and you know, some things that we get in these ball debates and, you know, people want to pull up stats. And if we go on the stats with Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman's had, you know, he's he'd had years where he's averaged on a season um, 18.7, 18.3, 17.3, 16.8, uh, 16.1. And he's like consecutive, right? So, and on a career, Dennis Rodman's at 13.1 for his career. So if we're talking on a career, sure. Mm-hmm. But to say flat out you're gonna be go down as the best rebounder over there's gonna be yet you need a lot more under your so, belt to say that you topped Dennis Rodman. Go ahead, Nelly J. So for him, so I'm gonna help you, okay? I'm gonna help you. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna give you the top ten rebounders of all time. Okay. Okay. And you're okay. gonna tell me if he can crack this top ten. Okay. All right. Okay. Number ten, Dwight Howard. Will he be is he better than him as a rebounder? Dwight in his prime. There's a conversation, I think. No, MRM off. Do you have the, the numbers? Yeah, like think... there's no way he's catching up. Dwight has over 14,000 rebounds in his career. Right. 
Okay. okay. Like I said, there's a conversation. Again, I'm not saying I top, agree, this is, but this, um, is, this, is, this is top ten, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. What what what? Dwight Howard, Orlando Day, like I, the, like Andre gets rebounds, hmm. but is it in the same level as Dwight Howard? No. Hmm. Because Dwight, so Howard, say will, cause Dwight real... Howard will be a Hall of Famer. Andre Drummond will not be a Hall of Famer. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's 100%. levels to this. So, yes, to, yes. So, at the end of the day, everyone I'm naming to you will probably will, are Hall of Famers, right? Mm. Andre Drummond will not be a Hall of Fame. I just I, want to throw this up, though, because yeah. you were mentioning about career stats. Uh, Andre Drummond's career stats are more than, than, than Dwight Howard's, though. No, he's no. not. No, he's not. No. no I thought Dwight. Okay, I have here. He's on a career. Dwight Howard is 11.8. No, no, no. I'm, no, oh. I'm, I'm looking at total rebounds in his total. career. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. looking at just uh, like uh, again. This league is a shooting league, so it's mm. a bit different now. Like back okay. in the day, there was more. You know what I'm saying? Like rebounding, rebounding back in the day, there wasn't as much three point shots, right? Oh, so okay. three point shots are being are, are at a higher clip. So the rebounds are different. They're a bit, a bit, the ball bounces up a bit longer. Uh, players are more in the perimeter. They're not in the paint as much. Like you look at a lot of the defensive rebounds, it's just him under the rim. You know what I'm mm. saying? It, like back in the day, they were they were battling for rebounds. It was a battle take, right? So All right. Dwight Howard. So I'll tell you what, yeah, run the list, and I, I won't interrupt you. I'll just let you run the list. Okay. And if any, anyone that stands out, I'll just I'll throw yeah. them out. So go ahead. Again, he again he didn't say that he's going to be an okay rebounder. He said yeah, he said the he's best. the best. Right, he I got you. He has to be better than all these guys. Okay, got you. So Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett, Robert mm-hmm. Parrish, Carl Malone, mm-hmm. Tim Duncan, Moses Malone, Alvin Hayes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and Will Chamberlain. Okay? Now, I will go to the 25th number. Because you know Matumbo's in there, Charles Oakley, you know those guys, right? Patrick Ewing. That's the 25th top rebounder of all time in terms of actually, um, actually uh, making rebounds. Now, in regards to active players, there's no active players today outside of Dwight Howard that's on this list. Dwight Howard hasn't been signed yet, but there's no active players today on this list. That's how great rebounders were back in the day. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just think that these kids, uh, Fahim, do not really watch nor, nor the history of, of the game they're playing, mm. right? Because if you watch, like, if you watch the history of their playing, Tim Duncan was an amazing rebounder. This guy was all over the place, defensively mm. everything, right? But mm-hmm. Olajuwon, Shaq, like, you think you're a better rebounder than Shaq? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So again, like if he knew the history of the game he's playing, I don't think he made that comment. Mm. I, I don't think so. There's no way he watched Dennis Rodman games and said, yo, I'm better than him. You know what I'm saying? I think Andre does rebound a lot at a higher clip, but I think the game is so much different now. And also keep in mind, possessions have gone up by 10 to 12, I think. So back in these days, there wasn't that many possessions per game. Like the pace was a lot slower. So they're rebounding at this high clip, Fahim, right? With less actual possessions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like, if we were to translate these numbers based on common day numbers, it'd be freaking crazy. Like, I, again, it's absurd to your point because I don't think he actually understands or realizes how great, like, these great rebounders. I don't think he would even be better rebounder than freaking uh, than Charles Barkley. That comes a monster border. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. 20 rebounds a game. You know what I'm saying? You think you're good at 13? Come on. Here yeah. So then so, they say, I mean, it's, I mean, it's ignorance, but I just think that, you know, Andre Drummond, I like your confidence, sir, but you will not be the greatest of all time in rebounding. No. And you did throw up a good point in regards to uh, the game being different. Um, you know, 
threes being at a higher clip, longer rebounds, you know, it's, it's, it's different, right? Um, but the numbers are still the same. We did, you mentioned earlier, earlier about uh, career average. You threw that out there. Um, I just want to go to, when on the list, one person I knew right off top would be, when we talk career average, is Will Chamberlain. He has to have. And I looked at it. <laughs> Do you know what, how much rebounds that career uh, uh, Will Chamberlain? Like I'll say 20 something. I don't know. Yeah. 22.9 on his yeah, career. I know something crazy. And oh. I'm talking, it was consistent. I'm talking 27, 27, 25, 22, 22, 23, 26, 24. Say, man. And like imagine he, the pace was slower too. Like it was a slower pace. Now, mind you, he was a giant amongst, a man amongst boys. He was a giant amongst men. How about right. that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I don't want to sound like JJ Reddick saying that he played against, uh, was it uh, firemen and, uh, Remember but but keep in mind, right, this is the thing about eras, and Jordan said it best. Right. You have to compare people within the same era. You can't compare people mm -hmm. with the era. But even Will Chamberlain, right? Let's mm -hmm. forget, forget forget, who he played against. Mm -hmm. he, we've seen Will Chamberlain. i watched his tapes. You have. We, we, we see his skill sets, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine he's in the NBA right now. Any yeah. team he's on, they're, they're the contenders, period. Yeah. He's like a taller, leaner Giannis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the way Giannis dominates, if Giannis can dominate like that, you might want what Will could be. Mm -hmm. So I look, you know what I, I, I look at Kareem. Uh, Kareem can play. Like certain guys could play in any generation, and yeah. Kareem, Kareem and Will can. Mm -hmm. I just can't see, and I seen two in a Laker uniform. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not. I haven't seen Wilt play, and I'm not that old. Like I'm old, but I'm not that old. No, I mean not but, live, but I mean like old takes of him. Right? That's no, like, no, I, yeah. I totally 100. Yeah. percent But even in the Lakers in his later years, Will Chamberlain, um, big man, great rebounder. I just don't see in a Laker uniform. Uh, yeah, I can watch Dwight. 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 Dwight, Dwight uh, not not Dwight. Sorry, Andre, Andre Drummond. Drummond. I don't see Andre Drummond anywhere close to being the rebounder that Will Chamberlain was <laughs> in the little tapes I've seen. So. And, and guess what, Fahim? That's the mm. standard for him. Hey, Andre, you want to be the best? Be better yeah. than that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, Nelly oh, J, let's put this up in the books. Yes, y'all. That was the Good Rookie Show. Hey, mm. My voice is back. Anyways, um, y'all, first of all, um, you know, as you guys know, we always take some time to shout people out, you know, uh, to give shout outs. My shout out actually for him is to a, a Vancouver uh, golfer. Uh, she is actually only 12. Fahim, this girl is 12. Okay, 12. Uh, her name is Lucy Lin, and she's became the youngest player ever to qualify for the CP Women's Open in Canada. My girl is 12. Is this a prodigy coming oh. along? She's 12 and she's a professional golfer. Yes. She, she, no, she's competing in a women's tournament, dog. She's 12. What? 12. <laughs> now, is she the LeBron of, of women's golf? I don't know. Let's tell you something, man. This is wild. When I read this, I'm like, 12. When I was 12, what was I, what was I doing when I was 12, man? I don't know. Maybe having crushes, playing ball with my brothers, like 12. You're, 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 you're playing against grown women. And we all know what golfers are, like, you know, they age. Like, they're not no young team. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's from, like, 60s to, like, girls 12. And she qualified. So big up to Miss, big up to Lucy, man. Lucy Lynn, shout out to you. Um, qualifying, you're 12. And I'm, hey, you got a fan in me. You got a fan in me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, definitely shout out. Um, I want to shout out, since we were just mentioning about Hugh Menzies and him being the national uh, team coach for the women Jamaican national team, mm-hmm. um, I want to keep that Yachty love alive. And Yachty. also shout out Leon Edwards, who on the weekend uh, knocked out and he became a, for UFC. Did you see? Yes, uh, I did. Yes, I so think Leon, I mean the the kick that that echoed around the world. Is that what we call right, it? <laughs> right, right, and uh, he's from Yard also. So yes. I think that's uh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Shout that's out to Leon Edwards. Uh, let's, let's see what kind of let's see what kind of Ed, uh, what kind of influence that has maybe on Jamaica getting involved in uh, mixed martial arts. You know, it's just all it takes one to influence a nation, right? Takes takes one for him. Mm-hmm. The chair takes one. No, you're right. You're right. It's funny. Mm-hmm. He was also on my shout out list. Like I had him there, but I'm like, oh, really? I saw Lucy. I'm like, girl, you 12. Yeah, man. So yeah. Um, Jan Edwards, he's, he's from, well, he's born in Jamaica, born in Kingston, uh, resides in uh, England. But yeah, shout out, shout out to Leon. <laughs> shout out to him. Sorry. No, I was saying, I was trying to sound Jamaican, Kingston, Jamaica. But I, I'm sorry, my Jamaican friends. I, I, I'm Trini, man. I'm, I'm trying to take my time, I think. Okay. <laughs> All right, Nelly J. So let's put this uh, up in the book oh, right now. Oh, my y'all. That was a good rookie show. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, if you had a good time, you enjoyed yourself, please like, subscribe, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Big up the catch card. <laughs> <laughs> We're on all platforms if you're looking for us. It's a good rookie show. We out. Peace. Peace.